You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I can't fabricate it. I ain't fabricating. I'm excited, and when I'm no longer excited, it's over. That's just the way she be. Lucky, lucky Jen. Yeah. Because, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lucky Jen. Always something new. <laughs> when I'm done, I'm done. Always something <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. We are back, and I have barely composed myself, Jim. <laughs> but we're here, and we're rolling along. Hey, there's another uh, poorly dressed person back there. <laughs> no. Strove is dressed to the nines today. In his world. What In are we doing world. here? We just were wondering why producers can't dress themselves, is what we're wondering. I'm literally dressed nicer than either of you today. But not really. Like you wear, like you have a button up. But like you're wearing a shirt that says "You can't scare me." I have two daughters. Yeah. Like it costs three dollars at the local Goodwill. Nice try. So, anyways, like I can pull (laughs) this shirt off because he has two daughters. Right. And I'm a dad. (laughs) I have. Here's the thing. I have my style. I know my style. I fit my style every day. Matt Hamilton has. I'm wearing an iron jock, so I can wear my iron jock shirt. (laughs) He is an iron jock. (laughs) Yeah. And then Ryan Wallersheim. I don't know. That's what my fourth place medal is made out of, iron. <laughs> there you go. You are true. <laughs> iron jock. Oh, wow. Look Where do you keep your medal that it's an iron jock? <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> There's questions you don't want the answers to. That's one of them. All right. I did ask the question earlier. Not. Uh, I did ask about why producers can't dress themselves. That's just one of those life's unanswerable questions. Honestly, if I had to guess, it's honestly most producers are like 21 to 25. I mean, I couldn't, afford, out style. I couldn't afford, like, the clothes that I wanted at that age. Either. But it's not even afford. It's also, like... You gotta Alex, figure out your niche. Yeah, Alex's trying to figure out a look. Like, his, his shirt's yeah. too big for him today. Like, to, if we're honest, Alex's shirt's too big for him. Right? <laughs> so was the suit that he wore when he was asking our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the suit coat looked like he had borrowed it from someone a little bit. Yes, yeah. So Al- Alex's problem is more of when he dresses up, his clothes are ill-fitting. Either too tight or too big. Mm-hmm. Very it, rarely too tight. Yes, it's a it weird. Too it's big. A, it, yeah, today it's too big. It's, it's hanging off him a little bit, but that's fine. Even with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah, I think the sleeves rolled up was a trick of like, hey, this is too big. I'll roll it up. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, so you don't drag your sleeves on the ground. Yeah, that's why you roll your sleeves up. <laughs> I hate uh, both of you. I, 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 I hate both of you today. But we're picking. We Sadler pivoted our attention. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You take it on, and the other producer your, walked in. No, this yeah. is for all producers. I am standing. Hey, you know what? For the, all producers. Okay, Jonathan you know, Taylor. I, can we be honest? <laughs> can we be honest though? Colin Russo produces sometimes. He seems to actually have a style. It's not about how nice you look. It's are you comfortable? Are you Do you have it? a? Yeah. Here's the thing. Ryan's definitely owning it. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing. Well, he didn't though. He untucked. I mean, well, I was told right after too. my sports center we, that I looked dorky because I was tucked in. No, we didn't that say that. That was the you. reason. I was told that I looked dorky because I had tucked in my shirt. While well, trying to emulate me out in the office, out in the, out in the ESPN <laughs> Madison offices. What I was doing with the tucked in shirt is not here nor no, there. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's just the fact that I was told I looked like a dork and you somehow placed it on you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly. And you mean after the 10 minutes of being berated for looking like Napoleon Dynamite and a, and a scarecrow that came to life or, or whatever it was. Should we pull, should we pull it 
Uh, who's the dorkiest producer? Oh, Ryan Warsheim, Alex Stroll for Jesse Nelson. It's Jesse Nelson. It's so not, not worth a poll. Close. It's not even worth a poll. It's not even. All right, you can chime in if you want. Though. I think four it, four it seven runs seven zero away with it. Thirty seven seventy six. So you got that going for you, Warsheim. Oh wow! Thank you guys. I, I mean, you're the coolest of the three producers for sure. What a low, what a high bar you we've apparently set for the producers here at ESPN <laughs> Madison. I mean, you're the one who's choosing to take that as a as a sign of disrespect. I'm saying you're the coolest producer here, bro. You mean you after you've that. been after you've been beating up on all the producers, saying they've been gone off to the farm, taking days off. Yeah, but you you've been owning it. You've been owning your style. You've been leaning in with us. I think I've, it, you're definitely Strofe would have gotten way into his feelings at this point. Yeah, he left. He's clearly in Yeah, he couldn't even have it for 10 seconds in the booth. It's true. He quit being a producer on this show for that But also, like, he yeah. acted like he has something to do. He's just been around all day. So, Man, I've got a busy couple weeks ahead of me. I'm just going to walk around from studio to booth. To and try not to catch sale with my poofy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Strove the flying squirrel. Did <laughs> we ask him why he wore a wingsuit to work today? <laughs> Is he sponsored by Red Bull? You know, it's like a puppy <laughs> shirt from uh, Seinfeld. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> Alex Strove wants to be a pirate. <laughs> All right. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. It's Mountain Blue. You know what to do. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Ryan Wollershine behind the glass at the Everlight Solar Studio. So not running the ones and twos. <laughs> Matt and I are here as well. <clears throat> Our second Iron Jack poll question is Rashawn Gary, actually the most important player for the Packers this season 68% of you are wrong by saying no 32% of you are correct by saying yes Matt Hamilton I don't want to be wrong so I'm going to say yes Ryan I think I would agree with you that he I can't say he's the most important outside of Jordan Love though I think outside on the defense outside of the quarterback no I don't agree with you on the defense he's the most important I think Jair is the best player on the defense Rashawn's the most important yeah that, I mean, that's really my stance. Jordan Love, quarterbacks, they're to the they're to the make or break. But he, the beauty of Rashawn Gary being elite, or if that's his potential and that's what we're seeing for him, if he's elite, we can get away with Jordan Love being a game manager. If we don't get that elite play out of Rashawn Gary and this defensive line that could push the other team's quarterbacks to making mistakes or just forcing sacks and losing yards... That's if they can't do that, Jordan Love is going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to have to be that much better. This defense is going to set Jordan Love up to have the easiest role possible. So Jordan or uh, Rashawn Gary being elite is going to help Jordan Love be better in this system. So he might be the most important player on this team. I saw this on Twitter and I sent this over to Jesse and uh, Tom Olson, our market manager. Matt, I think uh, we got a way to figure out your schedule. Team Schuster put out a tweet, and honestly, this is helpful. I feel like they know your schedule more than you do. They just put out the curling schedule for the year. And so now I just, <laughs> wow. I just sent that over to Jesse Nelson. So now we got to just know yeah, when, just when you're going to be out. Pop a travel day in on either end of those um, dates for the schedule? Now, look at that. Team Schuster doing your job for you. I just, I, I honestly, that's, I, I, like, that's how. That's how suspect Matt can be of planning things out. That we'll just take Team Schuster's Twitter account as a more reliable source for Matt Hamilton's schedule than Matt Hamilton. Matt, you want to give it a peruse? Does that look about right? Give or take a day or two in there. Yeah, there's some travel days, but yeah, that looks good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give or take, yeah, travel days built into there. Which yeah. W- so you got curling season starting up here September 7th. Is that right? 
Or you're not doing that I'm one. sending the other t- the rest of the guys. That's the beauty of our new five man team that we had from last year is I I voted to take two of these tournaments off, but I start September twentieth. At the Shorty Jenkins Classic? In Cornwall, Ontario. Who is Shorty Jenkins? He is a famous ice maker who used to wear a pink cowboy hat. There you go. Yeah. Actually cool. he made very good ice for uh for curling. It, this is a fun tournament. They do they do a good job in Cornwall. Who? What is your favorite non like competitive tournament, if you will, like not competing for nationals and and things like that? Right. So uh, during the curling season, there are majors, kind of like in golf. Uh, this year, there's four. They're called slams. Um, those are the most fun tournaments to play. They get a pretty good crowd for it. They get put it in like a small arena, so some like. I don't know what the equivalency is, like a triple-A hockey team. Um, we'll get to play in their stadium for the week, and it's, it's pretty cool because there's good fans in it. They, they set it up like it's you only play one game a day, so it's not like it's as taxing as some of these tournaments where they try and cram them into like a Thursday afternoon through Sunday. This is like kind of a whole week's worth of a thing. So you get some chance to like check out this, the towns a little bit. You know, you play at noon, you're done by 3, you can go – catch a nice dinner there's been times where i'll bring like my disc golf uh discs and i'll go play around somewhere in canada if they have like a disc golf course nearby so the slams are definitely my favorite because it's one of those chances where i can go around and explore a little bit in the towns i go to where normally it's just eat sleep curl repeat there you go that's matt hamilton i am jim rutledge just rutledge and hamilton presented by coors light we are asking you is rashawn gary the most important packer for success this season, I'm going to maintain that one. You could look at Aaron Jones; could be another one. Because I just think I get the idea of Gordon Jordan Love because it's a quarterback position. But like, but there's enough players around him that could mitigate his importance. Not long term. Long term, it's Jordan Love, right? But and that's the difference between having a franchise QB like Aaron Rodgers and all the other QBs, because the other QBs who are relying on the talent around them go up and down. Now, it depends on how bad they are. Like, Kirk Cousins, you're usually in the mix. But the Vikings have had some stinkers of seasons. Same with 49ers, Jimmy G, if he's healthy, you're in the mix. But there could be a stinker mix in there once in a while. By in the mix, I mean in the mix to maybe make the playoffs, but you're not doing anything in the playoffs. So, I just look at it like this. And this is definitely a a color perspective from being a Bears fan. But I've seen an elite defense carry a bad quarterback or even an average quarterback really far for a season. Rex Grossman. Yes, they got all the way to the Super Bowl there. But it's more than, I mean, Jay Cutler, I mean, he was better than Rex Grossman, but they got to the NFC Championship game. So they go back to Jim McMahon. Like, 85 Bears is why they won. You see, and then you could go to the Ravens and Dilfer. Well, that's funny you say that because, and again, in no world am I putting Aaron Jones on a similar level to Walter Payton, but Walter Payton. Kept, that hit a lot of the warts that uh, McMahon had, and so did on defense having a guy like the Fridge. That was arguably the best defense of all time. Right. like That's going to take a lot of pressure off your quarterback and your right. offense. So, so like, yeah. it, it's, it's easy to say there's individual performances, but like how that individual performance can affect the game flow, that is why Rashawn Gary is more important than Jordan Love. Right, because and for this specific season... I think it's more likely, 
and you guys can agree or disagree. You can chime in eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. I disagree. <laughs> I think it's more <laughs> likely that the defense plays up to its personnel, the names on the piece of paper, and is elite than it is that Jordan Love is elite. So okay. if you were going to okay. have a special season, it's going to be because the defense, all the all the players lived up to the their hype. Okay, and and I I do love this, and I love talking about potentially good Packers defenses because it's been a while. When when was the last like really elite Packers defense? I wouldn't say necessarily when they won the elite, Super Bowl? but yeah, that was like the team when they were very good, and they got and they was more of like. When the def- the defense got hot, so when they mm-hmm. went on that run, it was elite. Yes. Not for the whole year, but for that back end of the year and through the playoffs. And then that maybe defense- the next season, you might have considered that team elite or very good all season, yeah, more yeah. consistent throughout. So they won. Is that the year they lost only one game, or is that a different? Was that a later year? No, that was the year they only lost like one or two games. Okay, yeah. it right. was very, it was crazy season. Um, <clears throat> so to this point now, remember last year. Remember the Packers were supposed to be a top three defense? Was it Mina Kimes that picked that? And like the Packers were supposed to be this really yeah. good defense and we fell short. Let's not forget, and not to be a Debbie Downer here because I'm excited about the defense as much as anyone else, we still have Joe Barry as our defensive coordinator. <laughs> yep. He had just as many names on the defense this year as he did last year. The defense this year, I don't know if you can – Convince me definitively that we are much better this year than we were last year. I don't think it's that big a difference. So to now be like, you know what, Joe Barry's figured it out. I'm kind of wondering where that's coming from. Where is this like the defense is going to have it figured out this year? Because we thought we had it figured out last year, and it was pretty mid. He's Hamilton. I'm Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Miss Polly Sack, come on over tonight. Tell me, don't know your feelings. Can we focus on mine? I think I'm a hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I hope that's enough. Jim, do you believe in Joe Barry? Do you believe he can turn it around? I was say like as like an entity, like a, like do I believe in the tooth fairy? Do I believe in Joe Barry? I do believe he exists. Yeah, do you believe. will not put a quarter under your pillow if, if it was a tooth. But. If you say Joe Barry three times, will he appear in the bathroom mirror? I don't know, but <laughs> every time in uh, what was it? Every time a uh, bell rings, Joe Barry allows a, another big player over the top. <laughs> No, burned I, over the top. I, I think uh, Joe Barry is a at best league average defensive coordinator. I okay, th- so if you have, we talk about this as offense and stuff like that. Like your quarterback being so good, like a game managing quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo or something. Your your ceiling's only so high. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have a middle of the road defensive coordinator, which I'm not denying, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. What's our is? Can we even be elite? Like we can have elite players, but if they're not doing the right things, that an elite defensive coordinator would basically put the players in the position to be elite. Like, is elite just kind of out of reach with Joe well, Barry as I, defensive coordinator if he's just a middle of the road guy? 
I think he may have fixed his major problem, his major flaw. We'll have to see. But later in the year, it seemed to, and in the preseason some, they played man-to-man on third down more. So okay. it seems like some of the old traditional things he used to do, he's moved away from. And then I think maybe Wildy told us that Jair is going to be playing a right. little more like shadowing yes. their best receiver. And that's new. Because I think players are more important than the coach. But I think at times Joe Barry's defense neutered the players. That yeah, you, you weren't put them in poor positions. Yes, in positions where they can't do what they do best. So no matter how great they are, like Kenny Clark can still make an impact, but not as major impact. Rashawn yeah, Gary Jair can only do so much if he's put in exactly uh, like a cover spot instead of man. And I think Joe Barry has fixed that flaw in his defense. So I think... Okay. The players will be a lot. I think the players will do more this year. I think the defense will have more flash plays. And we've this year. heard that the defense is different this year. Like, don't it, get me wrong. I'm excited. I it's it's just comes down to like this whole thing with like Jordan Love, where I wasn't ready to crown him. It's like you got to prove it to me, Joe Barry. You've shown me nothing but middling, average defenses since you've been a Packers DC. They are who we thought they were. Exactly. Let's so throw- I would love to see. A little bit of uh, improvement, or some people giving me a real reason why they think Joe Barry in this defense is going to be better than they were last year. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. So you guys have been throwing stones behind the glass all day already today, (laughs) but it is now time to play some Throwing Stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. I've been scrolling Twitter, X, the internet, whatever you want to call it these days. Slept in with plenty of questions, and I come to Jim and Matt looking for answers. I'll score those answers throughout, and at the end, we crown a winner of Throwing Stones. So right off the top... I saw this today while scrolling Twitter. Bronny James Jr., son of NBA star, Hall of Famer, maybe best player of all time, LeBron James, is currently older than when his father first entered the NBA. Bronny is 18 years old. He was born October 6, 2004. His dad was just about 18 and a half when he was drafted in the NBA back in 2003. So I got to ask, as the two old guys on the show, how old does this make you feel? And would LeBron James potentially playing with his son one day be his greatest athletic achievement? Matt, as the athlete on the panel, I'll start with you. I don't know if I'm saying greatest athletic achievement because he's achieved a lot of really great feats. It is an absolute like Iron Man sort of achievement, like longevity that is super impressive. Like it's going to be one of the top, like five, top ten things that LeBron James does in his career if he's able to make it that long, and if Bronny's able to play in the NBA, that's that's another issue as well. So I think it's pretty incredible that Bronny's going to do that, or LeBron James is going to do that. And yes, it does make me feel old because I remember when LeBron got brought into the league. Where were you back in uh, back on the farm, back uh, raising the first set of kids? Was that what it was for you, Matt? <laughs> yeah, that was when the first round of producers came through the farm. Yeah. I would say, yeah, Matt's probably going to feel older than I will on this one because I already had my old guy moment with other players. So, okay. Bronny is starting to hit that sweet spot of like, oh man, Matt Hamilton, I, you know, I'm old. Or when you start seeing head coaches being your age, you're like, oh man, I'm. That's already uh, the case. I just I'm saying that's you're at right. You're hitting that age of like, 
Oh, now I realize that I'm on the old. I'm more of the yeah. coach than the player for professional sports. Uh, obviously, outside of curling, the sport that you compete in uh, for for gold medals. As far as most most impressive, LeBron's got a long list, but also like Ken Griffey Jr. played with Ken Griffey Sr. Like, there's been yeah. a, this isn't like the only time it's ever happened. And I would say NBA wise, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But I would say Bronny would have a long way to get to uh, Joe Jellybean Bryant. Which is Kobe Bryant's dad. Oh, so yeah. even like a combo father son, I think it's going to be really tough for because I think Kobe and LeBron to me are peers, and so it would be hard. Like Bronny would have to have a Joe Jellybean Bryant type career, and Joe Jellybean Bryant had a really good career uh, in the seventies and eighties. So I don't think this pair is going to end up being even the top father son pair in NBA history. All right, interesting take there, Jim. Now there was a tweet from Adam Schefter. And actually, I should point out the number one duo though is Michael Jordan and his son. Uh, who is now marrying Scotty Pippen? Oh, jeez, Jim. Like, look, look, that's his ball. Hey now, hey now. Oh, you exactly. talk trash hey about now. my dad in a doc? I'm gonna go marry your wife. <laughs> that's one way to get at him. Uh, apparently, uh, T.J. Hawkinson uh, was getting at his old team until he got paid. He got paid today. Made the highest paid tight end in the NFL by the Vikings. Six years, eight sixty-eight and a half million dollars per. Over the course of that four-year deal, 17.125 per year is what I meant to say. And uh, apparently, TJ Hawkinson was uh, sitting out during training camp, during the preseason, due to an ear and back infection. But uh, Adam Schefter had a tweet today after this news broke about his new deal saying that those uh, infection and back pain, which were limiting him during practice, seem to have cleared up, apparently. So I ask you guys, if you're calling in sick to work, calling in sick to school back in the day, what was your go-to illness or go-to ailment that you would point to to oh make the God. excuse, Jim? I'll start with you. Well, I love that TJ went to the you know the the famous ear, back, and throat doctor. I mean, who? What is? How does your ear and back go together? You know, the <laughs> ear, nose, and throat doctor would be the one. I would say ear infection, hard okay. to prove. Yeah, and you just have to fake the pain. Yeah, because I- ear pain, ear infection, painful. Now I had ear issues growing up, so I had a couple surgeries with tubes put in my ear. So. I did have ear infections when I was younger, and then being able to use that later in life worked out. That's but maybe called leveraging. Yes, but maybe karma. <laughs> maybe karma got me because I think when I was seventeen, one of my eardrums exploded, which was awful. Oh my god! That's... Yeah, through like an infection, it was miserable. So, okay. uh, but so you always got to watch out for karma on that. But I think ear infection is a good safe one. Yeah, no karma. Karma's real on that because my example is. In uh, I think it's seventh grade. Is I got something with your voice. No, no I got <laughs> I got braces, right? And it's supposed to be two years. Well, my way to get out of class is you know those like icebreakers mints. Yep, the round like kind of yeah. hard ones yeah, that come yeah. in the circle case. Well, I could fit those in between two of my brackets, and I would bite down and just bust a bracket off a tooth, <laughs> and then be like, thrilled. "Oh, I got an orthodontic emergency." I didn't do it very often, but it definitely. Pulled that a couple times, and then the second or third time I did it, the orthodontist just decided to put bands around, like, yeah. so there's the ones where they can glue them to your tooth, or they just put a metal band all the way around your tooth. So the second time I did it, the doctor was like, I think I know what's going on here, and just 
all four of the back teeth on top and bottom, just banded them all so I couldn't break those brackets. Your anymore. dad was probably like, you know what, you could staple that for all, to his teeth for yeah, all I can. No, for real. Like, honestly, I'm hesitant to say this because my mom's like a 50-50 listener. <laughs> I might get a text here in a minute and she's like, you did what? You owe me thousands of dollars. Yeah, no, exactly. I, and, I, you know, as a kid, I didn't realize how expensive orthodontic, like going to the orthodontist was. So Now, you might be. That was the karma, though, because my two-year dent, like, braces yeah. ended up being four years and then get them off till my junior year. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, how it works. Because I just kept breaking them. <laughs> so you might have caught... I learned this, and this is not unique to us. My oldest has uh, braces now. Yep. And what you, you just pay a number. So we just paid one number. The weird part to me is it's the exact same number that my in-laws paid for my wife's braces and that they Ooh. paid for their... They uh, have a 16-year-old daughter. They paid for her braces as well. It's all the same number everywhere, but it's all inclusive. So you pay this number. So and if you so, bust your brackets, so you, you can just go back and yes. get them redone. Now, I don't know if you're breaking them multiple times. They, you know, if they see that you're it breaking them, it was an perfect. accident. So, but that could be why. <laughs> that could be why the dentist is like this guy. That's what gonna, I said. That could be why the orthodontist is like this guy's going to break me because if he, if he keeps on coming back in, he's taking up my yeah, time. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. So he's like, I'm fixing this. I will staple this to his teeth because I'm not going to take an L on this yeah, deal. Well, <laughs> either way, it was my parents were either bummed because I was making them miss work. Uh, to have to take me into true. the orthodontist. Remember, like I couldn't just walk down the street to the orthodontist. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Matt Hamilton can't. Not chew a good fu- kid. It's not because Matt's old that he can't chew food. It's because he broke his teeth when he was in high school. Apparently. There you go. Well, you know what, Matt? I guess if you're g- willing to go to that extent, you can get the win today on <laughs> Throwing Stones. Ah, that's right. I can't say I approve of what you did, or nor do I think it was a good idea. But it got you where you are today, which uh, is saying something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Uh, teeth aren't that bad. Not afraid to smile. So here we are. Nailed it. Thanks, He's Mom. Hamilton. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for the braces. God. Oh, braces. This is. I, uh, I bought my own mints, though, that I used to break the braces. Those were my purchase. Great. <laughs> wow, look at you. <laughs> He's Hamilton. I'm Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Sure yourself, Ryan. What are you talking Chuck about? Tuck your shirt back you in, man. You just like looked at me and you gave me thumbs up, sideways thumb, and like question mark. What are you trying to How say right now? confidence. That's why the tucked in shirt doesn't work. What? I am very confident today. All right, guys. I was confident until I got roasted by my hosts for an hour, what, half an hour of the first hour of the show. Just for trying to look good, trying to wear my iron jack, trying to support the show, trying to be good for our team photo that didn't happen. I'm just being led astray. I mean, we all did around. find out early that we weren't doing the group photo, and then we for- forgot, neglected, whatever you want to call it, did not tell Ryan that photo was off. We had a full 45 minute meeting before the show, and this never came up. Not once. <laughs> well, I mean, it was too late. You're already looking like an alpha nerd. Oh, thank you. He's Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. It's Mountain Blue. You know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light after you untuck your shirt. (laughs) All right. We are now joined (laughs) by Badger graduate, 
Uh, Evan Cohen of Canty Cohen and Smallman. That'll be starting on Tuesday here on ESPN Madison. And Evan, uh, first, thanks for for hopping on. And the the question I have for you, because Matt Hamilton's learning this right now, has there ever been a producer in your lifetime uh, of doing radio shows that has been able to dress themselves properly? I just find it amazing (laughs) that you, Jim Rutledge, can give anyone fashion advice. (laughs) Like, are you serious, Jim you didn't just really give Ryan a hard time on this. Let me just explain something. Matt, I don't know if I ever told you this the first time we talked 100 years ago. When I met Rutledge, okay, Rutledge came into the office Palm at the time where both of us were living in Palm Beach County, Florida. Rutledge thought somehow he was just coming in to say hello to someone, had no understanding that he was on a job interview. Jim came in with open-toed flip-flops, or sandals, whatever you want to say. Yeah. The ugliest, dirtiest beard. I think two T-shirts. I think he was wearing not one, but two T-shirts. That was the look back then, hat. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure you were happy. You had the look. Backwards hats and basketball shorts to a job interview. And now you're telling someone else how to dress? Why? Because you dominate all of Madison, and every business owner in Madison knows you, and you can walk into the AmFam offices and say hello to everybody. Well, it doesn't work that way, because I knew you when, and you cannot give anyone else crap without the preface, without the preface of saying, learn from my mistakes, which you didn't say. By the way, I'm not done. Now let me go to Stroke. Let me go to Stroke, who's not there, and then I'll get to Hamilton. Don't worry. Stroke, who's not there, okay? Stroke makes me record something for our new show where I'm already taking shots at Hamilton. Are you aware of this? Yes, I, I did hear about this. So I want to be clear. I was a high school football quarterback. In the liner, the, the, just behind, basically the commercial for the show, I had to say that my high school football career is more impressive than you as an Olympian. Which, I mean, there is an argument that maybe he's right about that, but that proclamation. Now, by the way, the third thing here, or fourth thing, Matt, nice of you to actually be there on your own show. That's a change. It is a pretty big change. <laughs> he's exhausted. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I've been laughing the entire show. My cheeks truly hurt today. <laughs> And by the way, let me go one other person. I mean, I, you know what? This is going to be a roast. Let's just yeah, do it all. I was going to say, welcome yeah. back to the roast of Rutledge and Hamilton. Colin Russo. Colin Russo. You're not that good yet. Let's relax. <laughs> I mean, come on. Jeez. Oh, my God. Enough of the Colin Russo talk. And Tom Olson runs the damn thing. You're not always going to be doing well. Tom thinks he's 17-0 every season. Relax. <laughs> you make it a loss every so often. Oh, my God. And you know Tausch is not listening because they don't have the radio on the golf course. <laughs> That's a good point. I will say, and not to roast Tausch too bad, his game's been so bad. I asked him yesterday if we were getting out again this year, and he's like, I'm done for the season. <laughs> Tausch's quit <laughs> golf for the year. <laughs> before it started my god well i mean matt to be fair the the biggest thing that was you know you were excited about when we moved four to six was like hey i can play golf all 18 holes throughout the day before i come in yeah i was i'm I'm pretty excited for that i get i'm very popular and i get asked to play in a lot of scrambles throughout the year and i have to turn them down humble too too. by the way you make it seem like the show starts at four for matt 
I've, I've been told Matt gets there whenever he wants, so that's you have to start at four. Yep. Hamilton gets there whenever he wants, Jim. You're the one who has to do the work. Don't put that on Hamilton. That, that don't, is don't pawn off your work. Yeah, that, Jim. That, that is fair. Pawn that off is the work. You know because what you're getting into. You laid out my, my attire earlier. That's basically what Matt wears to the show every day, so Matt was not really blinking an eye. Right, no, true. No, Jim. True. <laughs> oh, Matt got the job. You That's were fair. trying to get the job. A little different. That is that is fair. <laughs> we're talking with Evan Cohen, Badger alum, and uh, new morning uh, drive host here on ESPN Madison. And this is Rutledge and Hamilton. Evan, you somehow, how long were you in school? How long were you in Madison? Because for me, I was in school for like a decade. Matt went to school for like a semester of college and he was out. So did you were you able to get Madison taken care of in four years? How long were you in college? What was your favorite parts about being here in Madison? Boy, I've done a terrible job of training Jim Rutledge. Jim just asked the question, and then he answered it himself. <laughs> you asked, how long was I in school? Ben told me how long you and Matt were in school. What's the point of asking me the question, Jim? I don't know. This is so. This is fun. This, this is, is like doing an air check. <laughs> this is good time. Yeah, it's a good this time. This is awesome. Yeah. We got a time yet? Okay, so what's, what's I, went to, I went to UW Madison from 98 to 2002. Alex Strofe thinks I'm a thousand years old because when he wrote the, the commercials for me to voice, he assumed I graduated college 19 and then he put 90-something. That's not the case. I graduated in 02, but here's the thing. So there is a backstory to this. Spring of 02, I'm from New York. My parents come out. My sister comes out for a college graduation at the Cole Center. The morning of college graduation, I get the call from them. I want to say they were saying... Well, we'll say they were staying at the Edgewater, but they may have been staying at the concourse. I don't remember at the time. Mm -hmm. So I get a call from them saying, are you sure you're graduating? I said, well, that is a ridiculous (laughs) question. What do you mean? Am I sure I'm graduating? They said, we're already here, and your name is not in the program. I said, I'm sorry, what? I then started freaking out, thinking, I'm not actually graduating? Well, unbeknownst to me, I forgot to enter in paperwork for some class that I took. I completed the class. But technically, my my diploma from the University of Wisconsin actually says August of 02, even though I never took a single class between May and August. (laughs) So I guess technically it took four plus years, but not really. I did graduate in four years from the University of Wisconsin. And, And the best four years that anyone could ever be in Madison. I was there from 98 to 02, two Rose Bowls and a Final Four. And I still will say that Dick Bennett taking the Badgers to the Final Four in 2000 is one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history. If you look at that team, there are two total games played in that team, that entirety of that team in the NBA. Kirk Penny played in one game for the Clippers, I believe, and one game for the Heat, and that's it. And they went to the Final Four. And I still say... If Iowa State would have beaten Michigan State in that national in that Elite Eight game to get to the Final Four or the Final Four game, whatever it was, uh, whatever it was, I believe that Wisconsin would have won the national championship that year because they would have beaten Iowa State and I think they would have beaten Florida in the title game. And then the two Rose Bowls, um, the game against UCLA, Wendell Bryan sacking Cade McCown, unbelievable game, and then that low scoring the second sta- the, the Stanford one, the first Stanford one, whatever it was. I want to say it may have been seventeen nine. Tyrone Willingham is the coach of Stanford, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, Stanford Steve of the Scott Van Pelt Show on that Stanford team is a tight end. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. 
Well, do your, do your homework then, Jim. I, I know I, I missed that. <laughs> I don't know what you do all day. Thank you. Thank you. At least someone Matt, knows my Matt, schedule. Uh, do you know who Dick Bennett is? Yes. He was a coach before Bo Ryan, right? There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I no, actually also know no, who Kirk... No, 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 no. no you're he true. was not the coach before Bo Ryan. There was someone in between. Soderberg. Soderberg before, in between. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I would not have known who that was. I think you yeah. and most of the audience would not know who Brad Soderberg <laughs> is, so that one's okay. Slow it down, Dick, is what his nickname was. Well, I do remember that uh, people commented, I remember during the Bo Ryan era when I was starting to be a little bit more cognizant of college sports and getting into them, you know, getting into my teenage years, that it was a very different offense than uh, what Dick Bennett used to run. It's more. It was, and this is Bo Ryan's swing offense. They said it was more entertaining. Dick <laughs> <laughs> Bennett's basketball, which blows me away. That's true. You are right. Matt, you're right about that. People thought that it was like, wow, Wisconsin's playing like run and gun. By the way, yeah. So I thought that was entertaining basketball for a very long time. <laughs> but Jim just made up a nickname for Dick Bennett that I've never heard anyone use, and just, you just said, "Slow it down, Dick." That's what he was called then. No, no he that's what he calls himself. He was, there we he was on a commercial here in Madison and said, "Hey, if you're at this golf store, tell him slow it down." Dick sent you. So out of ESPN Madison, okay, well, maybe, Dick that Bennett. May be, that may be something for that commercial, but that's not what he was. That's not his nickname. Nobody's ever <laughs> he called himself that. "Slow It Down Dick." If that's what you call yourself, is that your nickname? First of all, no, you can't pick your own nickname, so it's not. Uh, that couldn't be his nickname because he chose it. He was "Slow It Down Dick" at the ESPN Madison offices. That's what I know. <laughs> is that that was what he he okay, said? Send at it. our offices. At ESPN like, Madison, all of our fans. I would say all of our fans because people love us and they were listening to the station and they heard the, the golf store and they Dick Bennett would say, tell them slow it down, Dick sent you. You're such a salesman. <laughs> That's all you can remember is the slogan from an ad. <laughs> and I don't even think he's right. I'm telling you, oh, if I'm, I had to bet 10,000% right. I'm telling you, Jim's wrong. He's got this face I'm that really he wrong. knows he's right right now. Like I've done this show with him long enough. I'll contradict him occasionally when he has this stupid grin on his face. He's right. So I, I think so he nice. said it at some point, but I don't think it was his nickname. Judgmental I, correct. That's different. <laughs> right? if he, in it, I'm, sure, I'm sure both of you have said things in ads for our great advertising partners that you wouldn't then say, that's my nickname. Yeah, I told Pat McAfee I was the big unit of curling. <laughs> I was the Randy Johnson of curling. That right. didn't stick. Nobody calls me right, exactly. the big unit. <laughs> not even your wife. Me, I'm definitely not her. <laughs> no, but she does call him Dick Bennett's nickname. <laughs> Slow it down, Matt. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. He's Dropping Matt. Truth bombs. <laughs> He's Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. We're joined by Evan Cohen, who will be part of the Canty Cohen and Smallman show uh, on ESPN Madison mornings. Matt. Uh, that show's going to be off the rails. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to match their energy when you and I come on the air at four a little bit later in the day. In like the best way, but that show's going to be off the rails. Thanks, Evan. I appreciate everything you've brought to the show. I had no idea Jim was such a dork. That is amazing. He does give oh, off like... I got more. Jim is such a dork. Oh, he such does give off former dork vibes, but... He doesn't do that much dorky things anymore that I can call him out on. So I appreciate can you this. Be a former, can you be a former dork? You know what? That's or a good are you question. Dork? 
<laughs> just hide it well. Yeah, man, he's just hiding it better. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but we're going to have to have a weekly thing so I just have ammo constantly <laughs> for Jim Rutledge. Uh, Evan. Uh, if, if, if Jim can get it sold, I'll do it. <laughs> well, then it'll happen. Evan, if... Uh... Oh, oh, my God. Cocky. See? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm rooting against this. Now I'm rooting against this happening, actually. <laughs> hey, you by sound the way, like some of the Badger fans, too. Anybody... Go ahead. No, say, if anybody from Tornado is listening, and you want to jump on board, it's my favorite restaurant in America. Let's go. I literally worked there for four years. That did? I never even knew that about you. I have a tornado and a chef knife tattooed on my forearm because I loved working there so much. So that's hilarious. That is the co- Jim, you should have told me that. We would have moved him to Afternoon Drive sooner. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's more passionate about uh, cooking in his time with Tornado than he is at times with sports. Is that fair? At times. Yeah, at times. It depends. If I recently (laughs) cooked it, I am very into it. (laughs) You could give us more recipes. I'm going to tell you something. I out ate Tausch at Tornado one night. 100%. Wow. That's impressive. Not hard to do, though. The food's fantastic. Probably because I made it. So good. There you go. Humble Matt Hamilton there as well. What else do you want to know, Jim? You have, like, questions prepared to try to impress me. Go ahead. Well, I don't have questions prepared, obviously, to try to impress you. How can I impress you? You got all this dirt on me. Now, Evan, (laughs) I just want, like, everyone, you got this national show, but here in Madison, I just want our fans to know, like, you were here. You know it. You know what the Badgers mean. You know what the Packers mean. You may have heard of curling before, but, like, you know what Wisconsin culture is. You know uh, what makes us tick here. Well, yeah, and that's honestly, in getting this unbelievable opportunity, one of the things that's hit me is like, you know, so I was on for the last 12 years on Sirius XM, and you're on everywhere in the country, but it's, it's, it's great. It's also different than specifically thinking and realizing, like, wait, I'm a part of the morning show on ESPN Madison. Like, that's crazy to me. That's such a great thing for my life and career in knowing that this unbelievable station with you guys and Will and Tausch and Jesse and Nortman and Kyle and Ben and Strofe and everybody involved. It's so cool to be on in the mornings there. And also now to be able to, like, anytime I talk about the Badgers in any way, shape, or form, realize, okay, I'm doing it on a hometown-type station, right? I'm doing it on the place that everyone in Madison is going to talk Badgers, is ESPN Madison at 100.5 FM, that it's just so cool to be a part of it. And now during this new wave of football, um, with Luke Fickle obviously involved. I, you know, there's one thing I don't love with the Badgers right now. I don't love their color analyst. It's not where I would have gone, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I would have maybe gone a different direction. But nonetheless, um, I just think that the idea of being a part of this whole thing is so cool. I, I do have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Because my whole life as a Badger fan, which started in 98, not my life, my, my schooling, mm-hmm. I've always thought... Their goal was to win the Big Ten. Their goal was to dominate the Midwest. Their goal was to be relevant at the end of the year and play, in essence, in a New Year's Bowl game. But I never felt like they were consciously thinking of winning national championships. I feel like Chris McIntosh has taken all of the lessons he learned from Barry Alvarez and Pat Richter before, obviously, was a great part of the station forever, and said, why not think championship? Am I wrong to think that McIntosh hires Fickle with the thought process of we can be more than just Big Ten champs? 100%. I, I've been saying this from the get-go. 
He's it, not wrong. You asked it, was he wrong? No, no, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like I, I am I I think that, that Luke Fickle hire was one hundred percent there, so Macintosh is like, one, I'm putting my uh fickle prince on this team <laughs> and two this team is not just a perennial like Big Ten contender. We are going to be a national championship contender. This, th- if we wanted status quo, we would have stuck with Jimmy Leonard, and mm-hmm. I think we would have been a good team that would have competed in the Big Ten West and probably got blown out uh, in the Big Ten championship game year after year, and we could have had status quo. This was a move to say, hey, the status quo isn't good enough for Badger fans anymore, and it's not good enough for Mac. So I think this move was 100% uh, a message to fans that this is a new team, this is a new D, uh, AD, we are doing things differently now. I would say it's a message to all the coaches within the athletic department as well. Hey, UW Volleyball, they're doing their thing, they're getting national championships, we need basketball to do it, we need men's hockey to do it, women's hockey does it already. Like It is a message of we are raising the bar for everyone, we're just starting with football. Right. Yeah, I, I think there is something to that, and I just think that Listen, the University of Wisconsin is the best school in America. It just is. And every part of it, from the campus to the athletics to the facilities to the restaurants to the town, downtown, to the east side to the west side, Madison is just the best freaking place in America. And I love that they're treating themselves. The program is now treating themselves as, why can't we win titles? Not just Big Ten titles, actual, real, national championships. It's awesome. I mean, I can't speak highly enough about the University of Wisconsin. There is no chance in hell that I have the opportunity that I have to host nationally on ESPN Radio and obviously locally on ESPN Madison without UW-Madison. So it's great to see that they're raising the bar the way that you're saying. Evan, uh, you raised the bar uh, on our mornings here on ESPN Madison. We're looking forward to hearing you uh, starting on Tuesday. Are you really, Jim? I am. I am. I, mean, I haven't been a long time since I've been able to hear Evan Cohen on on the radio uh, just by flipping on the, the radio <laughs> in my car. He to upgrade his Sirius XM <laughs> subscription. What's your, once my free subscription ran out for Simden and Chevy, I was done. <laughs> he was like, bye, Evan. <laughs> yep, <yeah. laughs> bye-bye. Like you, but I don't want to pay for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. It's not been hard to hear me. It's been hard for you to hear me. You chose not to hear me. That's fine. That's your choice. But don't make it seem like it was difficult to get serious XM, Jim. Hey, I mean, give me a break. When it's not free anymore, I don't know what to do. My hands were tied. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. He's not that serious about uh, XM. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I love it. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Evan, thanks. There you guys. That's Evan Cohen. Listen to him on Canty Cohen and Smallman starting on Tuesday. Yeah. Mornings, ESPN Madison. Don't forget, Matt, and I will take you home four to six. Our clock is a dumpster fire, but we'll come back after this. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton on 100.5 ESPN. Brought to you by Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Rutledge and Hamilton. Matt, you're used to this. We only got 20 seconds to perform here, so that's it. We're out of time. 10 more seconds than I need. (laughs) There you go. You can uh, take a little break there. Put your feet up, relax, (laughs) smoke them if you got them. Uh, Scalzo and Brust with uh, Strofe and Russo coming up next. This has been Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. 
The Molly Blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. I think we got to get out faster. Get that out music tells us what they got here. See ya. This guy. Ow.